You're listening to the Sustainable Parenting Podcast. This is episode seven, Siblings Without Screaming. I mean, friend, if you are tired of having a three-year-old go over to the baby and grab, squeeze, or poke, or if you are frustrated that your older kids just seem to always want the exact same toy, even though there are 175 other options in the very same room, or you are so saddened by the way that you have a child constantly seeming to irk and poke and frustrate his sister or brother, you are in the right place. Let's dive in. Hello and welcome to the Sustainable Parenting Podcast. Let me tell you, friend, this place is different. We fill that gap between gentle parenting and harsh discipline that's really missing to parent with kindness and firmness at the same time and give you the exact steps to be able to parent in ways that are more realistic and effective. And for that reason, finally feel sustainable. Welcome. First, I want to start by highlighting our listener of the week, Victoria. Victoria is the mom of a three-year-old and a baby, and she said, we have really turned a corner and I can see things clicking. I know what to do in the tough moments and it's working. Violet is more in love with her brother and they are giggling together and having fun instead of her poking, hitting, biting like she was doing before. Victoria, thanks so much for sharing your story and please send us a DM message so we can send you a thank you bonus gift. As you're listening today, please leave us a five-star review, and you also could be highlighted as our upcoming listener of the week. All right, friends. So siblings without screaming, my gosh, we all want it, right? I know when I had my second child, my kids are two and a half years apart. My top priority was like, oh gosh, please can these two kids get along? I want this to be better, not worse to now have two in the mix. And I can remember as my mother-in-law walked away from helping us the first few days and she left to go back home. I just was immediately in tears. Like, I don't know if I can do these two kids on my own. It just feels like a lot. And as they grew, I wanted to build a positive relationship in them. So let me give you a couple ideas today that I found to help build a positive relationship between siblings and tell some stories about how I've seen that be useful in other families as well. So in my own family, when my son was born, um, these are a couple of ideas around if you have a new baby coming home and you're looking for that two, three, four-year-old to have a positive relationship with baby. The first tip that I love is thinking about how to bring attention back to that toddler. When I first had my daughter, who's the second in our family, I noticed that people would look immediately at her and say, oh, she's such a cute baby. She's so happy. Oh, look at her. And of course, my two and a half year old was standing there with zero attention, zero notice. And I knew that would probably affect himself, his self-esteem. So I started a sort of protocol that whenever someone would compliment the baby, I would pull the attention to Caleb. And I would say, I know, isn't she so cute? She is the happiest baby because she has the best big brother. He is so great with her 
and she just loves him. And their kind of eyes would open a little wider, like, oh, oh yeah, I get it. And they would be like, oh boy, Caleb, you're such a cool brother. And that would make sure that he was getting some positive attention every time that the baby was getting that attention from others. A second thing that I think is really valuable is to include kids in a useful way. We often can get caught up when we have the first one, well, we can get caught up with old patterns and the old pattern when you only had one child might have been, I'm doing everything. That's what seems to be required. I have to change the diapers. I have to get the food. I have to clean the house or whatever the things are. I have to get them off to daycare. But remember, now that you have the second child, it doesn't have to be that same pattern. Okay, I have to do everything for the baby. I need the three-year-old to just be quiet, manage themselves, play over there so I can do this job. Involve them usefully. I mean, there's a wonderful book called Hunt, Gather, Parent that helps to bring this home that in third world countries, one of the pluses you see of is these young kids being very responsible and helpful with their siblings. Sometimes you'll see them with like the baby on their back in a wrap. We hardly ever see that in our first world countries. Why? We kind of think that it's our job as the parents to do all of the baby caretaking and sometimes that becomes a problem. So remember that kids love to be involved usefully, especially, especially our like two through five-year-olds. So if there's any way to, when you're changing the diaper, instead of saying, go over there, go over there, hey, you could help with this part or that part, or I'm getting the food ready. How about we get that out together? You can help to hold the bowl while I'm doing the spooning Or, you know, what ways can the child help bring the diaper bag into the car or bring a toy over to the baby that is looking for something to play with? So involve them usefully. So top two tools for bringing baby home, look for ways to draw attention to the older children also when people are giving attention to the baby and look for ways to involve that second, those older children usefully in caring for baby. Now let's talk about older kids. Now, as kids get older, one of the the things that I hear often is they're fighting over the same thing. And I hear this time and time again. I was just talking to Jenna today about it and earlier this morning, um, talking to um, Brittany about it, that with their young kids, there will be a sense that there are all the toys in the house one child goes over to a toy and immediately that's the only toy the other child wants to play with. Does this sound familiar? Does this happen to you? Okay. You're not alone. And there is a solution. There are three key things I want to tell you to do to help there be better relationships with sharing and siblings getting along. The first one is make agreements in advance. And my friend, as you're here at the Sustainable Parenting Podcast, you are going to hear this again and again and again, make agreements in advance. We do this so that we're not just putting out a fire in the middle of the fire. Let's spend some time on prevention instead of just putting out fires in the moment. Prevention means making agreements in advance like one of my favorite agreements for siblings is once someone has something, it's theirs till they're done. We're not going to negotiate that as soon as a child has it and the next one is interested that they have to share within a certain number of minutes. That just feeds the beast of them continually glomming into their 
sibling's business every time they've grabbed a toy. So instead, we want to honor the separateness. And Montessori does this in a great way. If you're a follower of Montessori education, you will know this. And just as an aside, I do have a course available through the Authentic Institute of Montessori AIM, which is an online education platform for teaching educators and parents about Montessori principles. And that class is called Getting Kids to Listen. So if you love Montessori principles and would like to see more of the tools to get kids to listen, please check that out. I'll have a link in the show notes. But that's an aside where Montessori does a great job of this. If your child's enrolled in Montessori, they'll be used to this, that once a child has a certain work, they call it, it means they have taken their mat out and laid it down and put an activity on that mat that they are working on. And the saying in Montessori is it's their work until they're done with it. So especially if you have children in Montessori, they will understand this principle. But even if you don't, let me promise you, kids love this sort of agreement that honors everyone's right to that thing they have chosen until they're done with it. So make that agreement in advance. So then in the moment, I want that, I want that. Well, awesome. I'm glad you want that. And as soon as Jessica's done with it, then you can have your turn. This is something that both Brittany and Jenna today were like, ah, I haven't thought to really do that. I'm always in the moment just saying, hey, that was hers first. Leave it there. Hey, that was not even something you were interested in yet. Just leave it alone. Go find something else. So instead of that normal reaction, try making an agreement in advance. New family rule. When you have chosen something, that's yours until you're done with it. And if you have a child who you don't think will love that idea, make sure you point out that there are two sides to this, that it may be harder for them when they means they can't steal their brother's toy, but it will also benefit them when they have chosen something, because you are going to honor that the other children in the house need to allow them to have it till they're done. Okay. Second key thing to help there be siblings without screaming is to talk to kids about how to solve the problems with each other. Teach by teaching, not just by correcting. This is that place, you know, you're here to find tools that give you kindness and firmness at the same time. Well, do you ever notice that you go up to your kids when they're fighting and you just say, get along, don't fight over that. That is not something to fight over. Or don't grab that from your sister. That's not nice. Play nice. Well, when we teach by teaching, we say what nice actually means. Isn't it funny? Like our kids don't always know what these words mean. Play nice with each other. I'll never forget the time with my son when I heard him upstairs with his little sister and he was more five and she was three. And he said, um, Eva, I don't even know what on purpose means. I just know you get in trouble if you say it. <laughs> and the reason he said that was because just five minutes before, I think he had stepped on his sister's foot. And I said, did you do that on purpose or was it an accident? One of those words that we just assumed that he knew what on purpose meant and he didn't. And this was a big aha for me of realizing like, duh. So when we just say, be nice, be gentle, our kids don't always know what that means. So let's teach them how to solve problems with each other with actual concrete lessons. What can that be? So one of my favorite things is equipping them with something called a wheel of choices. 
You've maybe seen this through your school curriculum, Kelso's Choices or Positive Discipline. They have a wheel of choices. This is in many areas a suggestion on basically draw a circle, trace a plate, trace a potted plant, something, um, the base of a lamp and in a circle, and then put some lines across the middle, like a pie chart. And if the kids are younger, maybe you only have four sections of your pie chart. If they're older, you might have six or eight sections of your pie chart. And you're saying to the children, when you guys are having a hard time playing together, what are options of things you can do to solve the problem? So those things might include things like we can decide to take turns. You can walk away. You can ask the person to stop how they're playing. You can make a suggestion for how the game goes and see if people like that suggestion. You can ignore if you feel like they are doing something that's bothering you. You can come ask a grown-up for help. You can ask a grown-up for a hug. You can do rock, paper, scissors to decide whose turn is first. These are some examples of things that might be on your pie chart. And then you can make a couple copies, have it by the playroom, have one in the bedroom, maybe one in the bathroom so their eyes kind of glance on it while they're brushing their teeth each morning and night. And let's repeat, let's teach, let's teach. I mean, if we were to have a kid sign up for baseball and notice that they're not doing a very good job at being able to throw it to first plate, first first plate, is that right? <laughs> first base, then we would get them out in the backyard and we would practice throwing, throwing, throwing. And we forget to do this sometimes with our social skills. Like, let's talk about how we solve problems when we're playing with someone and let's do it more than one conversation. Now, you may be thinking, dang, I wish someone had taught me that. I mean, I don't know. I still sometimes don't know how to say my feelings or solve problems. And this is why we're in a new generation where we are going to equip our kids better. So instead of just getting mad and saying what we don't want them to do, or being too general of what to do, like play nice, play gentle, let's be specific. Third tip is that I want you to have clear boundaries when they are not being able to solve the problem and put them in the same boat with that boundary. So if the boundary is that if you guys can't seem to figure out how to play the game in a way that works for everyone, then the game is going away. We're going to end the game. That applies to everyone. We don't just send one person away from the game. Everyone is in the same boat. If one child is being rough and grabbed a toy away, you may want to think that it's only that child that needs to be, you know, having some sort of outcome. But you never know what might have happened a side glance, a tease, a something under the breath of the other ch child. And so, Positive discipline has this recommendation too, to put them in the same boat. And the more you do that, the more that it helps to decrease any sense of favoritism or things being like, you know, there's quote, older kids versus younger kids that are treated differently, or someone in the family feeling like they are always labeled as the problem and the other as the victim or the bully versus the victim. And all of these are pieces to be able to impact and help there to be more positivity in those sibling relationships.
So in summary, those top three skills for helping our kids to have sibling relationships with less screaming is one, make an agreement in advance about any sort of rules of play two, equip them by teaching them how to solve conflicts with each other. And three, if you need to follow through with a toy being removed or a game ending, put them in the same boat and involve everyone in that same consequence. When you do that, these three building blocks are keys to building a more positive, solution-focused, and friendly relationship between your kids. Please join us again next week for our next episode. And remember that in the show notes, we'll have a link to checking out the Getting Kids to Listen course. Talk soon.